He was a kid from the Bay Area with a difficult relationship with his mother. And while most kids could relate to that kind of situation, only one kid was the multi-talented and charismatic son of Afini Shakur, a controversial leader in the Black Panther Party. Episode 1 of the documentary series Dear Mama, the saga of Afini and Tupac Shakur explores Afini and Tupac's origin story. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This is a show for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip hop films from a current day perspective. Together, we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. If you've seen today's movie before, then you'll learn some fascinating trivia you might have missed. If you haven't seen today's movie before, then we'll help you decide whether this film is worth your time. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip hop fan by the end of this episode. In the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get all this and more. We are three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, serial podcaster, student of film, and my life changed forever when I saw I Left My Wallet in El Segundo by A Tribe Called Quest for the first time on Yo MTV Raps. I'm JB, oh, yeah. 80s and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip-hop fan, and one of my favorite ways to decompress during my high school years was to listen to The Great Adventures of Slick Rick on repeat while playing Contra on the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> I actually used to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Boogie, a DJ, longtime hip-hop fan, and I once performed an epic lip sync of Mama Said Knock You Out for my family. Man, I wish I still had a copy of that recording. <laughs> <laughs> we wish we could see that too. Yeah, I want to see that. In this episode, we'll answer the question, how did Afini influence the early work of Tupac as an artist, writer, poet, rapper, and actor? Dear Mama, The Saga of Afini and Tupac Shakur is a TV documentary series about the complex man we knew as Tupac Shakur and his mother Afini Shakur and her influence on his life. It premiered on FX on April 21st, 2023. It's also available on Hulu. All right, let's get into episode one. And we'll be doing all five parts. So we'll uh, break it down in bite-sized portions for you guys. First question I had was, what did you learn about Tupac from this episode that you didn't know prior? Boogie, what... What did you learn from this episode about Tupac that you had not known? Prior yeah, there were there were a couple of things that really stood out for me. For one, the first thing I, I noticed, I, I didn't realize that a young Tupac was actually down with X Clan. I was like, <laughs> like you see clips of him, Brother J, Professor X, the Overseer, ISIS, the whole group, and they're actually like interacting and sp- speaking to people about you know their background and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, Tupac was part of X-Clan? I'm like, I never noticed that. I never knew that. Another thing that I didn't know was that the stress that he suffered from the police assault caused him to develop alopecia, which is why he ended up shaving his head. Because I could never understand how he went from that nice flat top to a bald head like like that. But it was because of the alopecia he developed from the stress. Good pickups there. Dino Wright, you have something that stood out or a few things that you learned about Tupac? A few things. One was the alopecia also. I didn't even realize that. And 
it was funny to watch not funny but it was interesting to watch his flat top and then all of a sudden he's got the bald head with the do-rag on it and I thought oh there was a story behind that and I also did not realize that that was connected to the police brutality he suffered the other thing that I didn't know was that Tupac Amaru is the is the name of an Inca chief or actually a couple of Inca chiefs and the reason that Afini gave him the name was to demonstrate that oppression wasn't just in the black community it was also in indigenous peoples in the Americas so very interesting kind of you know character setting for someone you know what's in a name right i didn't realize that at all and you can see you know how influential that was in the rest of his life i had the same point there about his name being the name of the last indigenous incan ruler i was drawn in immediately with this the first scene is an is an interview from 1991, and he's about 20 years old, and he compares himself to Job, the biblical figure who has his patience tested many times by God because he's gone through so many trials and tribulations. I, you see the introduction of his mother and all the, the Black Panther stuff we'll get into in a little bit, but even later on, Halloween night, 1993, his cousin Billy recounts the tale of his running with the cops just over some marijuana. And a wild scene ensued where there was a black man getting beat by a white man and Tupac firing a gun and they're hiding in the hotel room. And at that point is when he played the demo tape of Dear Mama. That was like crazy that that's where he first like played that demo tape. I learned a lot about his mother. We'll get to a little bit as well. I never heard that Panther Power song from 1989. Did you had you guys heard that song, the Panther Power? That was almost like a I can't recall pre, hearing it before. Yeah. yeah, like a demo type song. It was yeah. really well done. Yeah, part of the legend of Tupac is that he seems to have like a zillion songs, and like most of them came out after he died. So I'm not surprised right. that there was you know whole other songs that we never heard before. Um, I right. feel like there's another new Tupac record coming out soon. Yeah, the fact that he was rapping that over the Eric B and Rakim track, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like it, it sounded authentic. Yeah, like, like yeah, like that was the actual like was supposed to have been the real lyrics. <laughs> yeah, this, definitely. His flow was very um, like the guy was saying, like, yeah, you know, I got a guy that's just as good as I can. He's only seventeen. Like, wait a minute, and I could kind of hear it, like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, you could, yeah, yeah. I thought, wait a minute, is this Rakim? Is this Pac? What is what is this? <laughs> like, wait a minute, it's like he totally flipped it. <laughs> Yeah. He was so articulate even as a as a youngster. Uh the the clips from Marin County, California when he was in high school. Yeah. He was so unique, so articulate. He was wearing the ripped jeans. At one point he almost sounded a little bit effeminate, you know, like and I was like, This guy's a unique character. He was, and they said he was always the life of the party. But he said at one point a girl told him he was too nice and then he kind of flipped the script and became a bad boy. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing with this early footage of Tupac, it's amazing that it exists. I think that's terrific. It's, it's unbelievable that he, someone had the foresight to record him talking, you know, in 1988, yeah. 1999, all that, all that time back then. Yeah, it's like, um, you can just see how the charisma just, like, pops off the screen with him. 
Woo. It's like they were sitting around like, right. we got to get in at the ground level. Let's get this while it, get it while it's hot. You know, yeah. This is going to be something later. This is going to be so something. It's smart that they recorded it. Yeah. I mean, this is before phones had cameras in them or people had phones walking around with. Wow. Wow. Terrific. Yeah, and I knew that I knew that Digital Underground kind of gave him his first start in a in a rap group and Shock G. I like the old footage of Shock G that was out there, aka Humpty Hump. And I didn't realize they said Money B from Digital Underground was given the script from Digital Underground was given the script for Juice, and he said, "This sounds like Tupac," and he and he gave it to him. Dude, so it was um, also fascinating. You know, was fascinating, and that he. He missed the world premiere of his video "Trapped" from the jail cell. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's so many little tidbits in here. Yeah. Um, Going back to him getting involved in Juice, when you see just how multifaceted and talented he is, it's not a surprise that he did well as Bishop and Juice. It's just crazy at a young age he had this many talents that were so well developed. Right. Yeah, he had such a profound uh, appreciation for the arts in all forms. You know, that's one of the things that I appreciate about him. Because, I mean, he went to an art school similar to his high school that I went to when he was in Baltimore. And then went out to California and then went to another school that was for young artists and, you know, people who wanted to further their, their career in the arts. And he, I mean, the fact that, you know, they were t- telling stories about him being in the back of the tour bus blasting Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> Visions of love, you know. Yeah, Visions of love just going Mariah in, Carey. like, and then um, his other friend was talking about, you know, how you would pick up his uh, his notebook and in between his raps would be like love poems, <laughs> You know, he had this hardcore rap, and then in the minute, then the next page, couple of pages would be like, you know, poetry with, with you know, him, you know, sh- sharing his heart to somebody who, you know, who who might might have broken his heart or something. You know, it's like wow, and then go back to rapping again. <laughs> I think that really demonstrates why this is important to watch, or why it's worth watching, is that Tupac was full of these contrasts uh, in his life, like his art, his, his writing had so many different facets to it. His musical taste had so many facets to it. He was a ballet dancer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, and his relationship to his mom is so like complicated and complex and yeah. multifaceted. And you know, he needs her, but she can't be there for him. It's all it all goes into this mix and his origin. Like, wow, this is you know, sometimes conflict creates this art or you know, people need to experience struggle to create good art and it really worked <laughs> it created such great art in his case yeah. his magnetic charisma just jumps off the screen even at a young age and he had that dichotomy where he wanted a record deal but if no one was going to give him that record deal he was he was literally becoming the chairman of the new african panthers so he had that yeah dilemma yeah, backup plan, I guess. Like, yeah. Great yeah, yeah, if I don't make it in, in Hollywood, I'm going to go back to being a plumber or something. Yeah, that would be great one way to other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He was he was born to be a leader, just like his mother was so influential in the Black Panthers. So let me jump. I had another question, but let's just, so let's lead into that. How did 
his mother Feeney's role in the Black Panthers shape Tupac. I, mean, I think she instilled a lot of pride in him. You know, she she made him want, made him appreciate and understand the importance of educating himself and being able to, like you mentioned before, he was articulate, being able to articulate what's on your mind. Like she said, you know, he said that, you know, being around his mother, he developed such a close bond with her that he could come to her and they could have a conversation about anything. Like he said, you know, hey, I was wondering about whatever drug this was. And she could say, well, yeah, I've used that before. This is what's going to happen to you. You probably shouldn't do that one. You know, they were so open and honest with one another that I think that it made him, he was very in touch with his feelings and how to express them, which is very rare, you know, in, in the black community. I mean, men, they're told to hold on and be tough and be strong and, you know, ugh, you know, keep that, that stone face and never you know, let your guard down. But I think he was very vulnerable and he knew where he was. He knew what he was feeling and how to express what he was feeling, be it good or bad, you know? And I think that she also, you know, made him want to be an advocate for people, people, not just poor black people, but people in general, like people that were oppressed, anybody who was, who felt like they had a foot on their back just from his name, <laughs> you know, that's just, that was a lesson in itself, you know? But I think that without her, he would have not been who he what he ended up becoming. Well stated, Dinah. Right? Anything to totally add? Agree. On... Yeah, totally agree. Totally I mean, agree. Like you said, um, he. Um, I think they had clips of Bobby Seale speaking about what the Black Panthers were about, and it wasn't just oppression of black people; it's oppression of all people. And um, I think Boogie, you mentioned this, but yeah, him being cognizant of that and him working in his writing and activism to counteract that. I think that was a really large influence from his mother. Yeah, and he barely knew his father. He wasn't really in the picture at all for his upbringing, so he relied solely on her. And as it's well documented, she did have the drug addictions, but she was a force in her own right as a young woman, being a very strong, independent Black woman, which was very unique back then and you see these other former black panthers saying wow she was like a tour de force she was something special she was a voracious reader like you said and you can see that that drive and determination uh, within tupac no matter what he was doing yeah they mentioned how he would read two books and watched a movie and wrote all this stuff and it was like not even eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He was doing yes. that stuff already. Yeah. Like, wow, that, that's that's a real hustle there. It's kind of like the gym rat type thing where it's like yeah. you're sleeping in and, and Kobe Bryant's already shot like three hundred three pointers and you know, hundred free throws. Like and you mm-hmm. you were sleeping the whole time. You know, he was yeah, he, the hardest working man. That's what I think Money B said. Hardest yeah. working man in the game. Yeah. Because he yeah. wanted to be at the top and he got to the top. <laughs> No matter what he did, he had that fierceness to him, to him, and like that determination. Even he was asking Shakshi, you know, to be a rapper. He's like, "Well, we don't have it. We don't need another rapper. We have this large group, but you can be a roadie and a dancer." And he put every effort into it. Even they said the sound guy was messing things up, and he swung at him because he was <laughs> wanting to be, prove himself that he's loyal to the group. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went 
full force, whatever he did. There's that work ethic and it takes a certain amount of self assurance to take a roadie job when you want to be a rapper, Absolutely. Um, you know, loading in and out at a gigs is, is no, that's no work for a lazy man. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> right. Some backbreaking work right there. <laughs> you know, got to put your pride aside. Say, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to be on the stage, but right now I got to be over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what was the most surprising thing in this episode? It may be something we already discussed, but well, what surprised you the most? I think one of the things that that I, we didn't mention that was I found it was very surprising, but I don't think it was the most surprising. It probably was one of the most surprising things was that the Patient Bill of Rights was co-written by a Phoenician core members of the Young Lords in the, in the Panthers, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't know why I don't know why I never knew, never realized that, but that really struck me because that's something that everybody knows. I mean, they might not know the, the verbiage, you know, verbatim, but they've heard of it and they know the importance of that that document, you know. And it's like, wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that was the one thing that shocked me the most too. I had never known that yeah. she had such a critical role in that. Afeni led a group at Lincoln Hospital in New York, taking over, they all like took over the hospital and they were like demanding that they provide critical care to those that may not have had health insurance and, you know, may have been discriminated against too. There was a story of a, I think it was a girl with sickle cell anemia and they kept, oh, yeah. they, they kind of just pushed her out and said, no, no, she needs some special care. So. Yeah, that was just an amazing legacy that she left with the Patient's Bill of Rights. Yeah, that was was surprising to me. What do you think of the the overall format of the first episode? Overall, did you you like the way that it was filmed? And you're looking forward to the next one? I I enjoyed it. I I almost started watching the second one. I was like, wait a minute, I got to get ready to get on the Me too. <laughs> when it started, I said I was I lost track of time for a second because it started playing. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, I got to get ready." <laughs> but, uh, it was I, I enjoyed the format. I enjoyed it that they, they they were able to interview people from various stages of his life, you know, former best friends, you know, cousins, aunts, the first man, his first manager. I think it was I think it was good, and I look forward to seeing you know how the story progresses because um you know. Getting that much out of the first episode, there's you know four more to go. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I should point out that Alan Hughes directed and, and was the executive producer, and he's one half of the Hughes brothers who did Medicine Society and Dead Presidents, and so you know, he knows what he's doing. He also directed Trapped. This. Tupac's first video and uh, Brenda's having a baby. So they have a connection there. <laughs> um, yeah. Tupac assaulted him once. <laughs> wow. He <laughs> was convicted for assault and battery. So very interesting. I, I need to know more about that. <laughs> I guess they squashed that beef. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that one's going to come up at some point. <laughs> it, it probably will. It kind of takes you back 
to that time frame. Dave mentioned around the same time as the the 1989 San Francisco earthquake was about right. the time that he was mm-hmm. touring with Digital Underground, who was based in that Bay Area. They had Mike Tyson doing a little clip saying everybody wanted to know about Tupac. As big a star as Tup- as Mike Tyson was, at that was at the height of his popularity. Yeah. And everybody just was asking him about Tupac because he was such a unique character. Um yeah, it was it was a lot of character development and you're put, kind of piecing the puzzle together of who this enigmatic character of Tupac Shakur was, like what shaped him. And we're getting to see it. So I am excited to see the next. I also loved how they ended the episode with, with changes. Um, the song changes. That's just the way it is. The, the, the Bruce Hornsby sample. I love that song. Yeah. It's a great one. It's powerful. Yeah. You know, one thing that I found that was pretty funny, you mentioned the earthquake of 89, <laughs> not even too pop, not, not necessarily Pac related, but Pac adjacent was um, that the Humpty dance was developed from the shaking, the imitation of the. <laughs> I, was, I never knew I, that. I never, <laughs> That's amazing. I almost lost it because I immediately <laughs> showed it. And I'm like, it's like oh, mind blown. Makes sense. <laughs> mind blown. It's not just looking like MC Hammer on crack. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Talking about earthquakes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, bombshell revelations in this thing. <laughs> I remember when the song "Same Song" came out, and that's when Digital Underground gave him a long verse. And when that came out, I knew I'm like, this guy is great. Like I love that verse, and I kept li- li- looking for that song. And then it was featured in that "Nothing But Trouble," Trouble that yep. ridiculous comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Who was in that? Was that like? Dan Aykroyd, maybe John Candy, something. Yeah, yeah. But the video, if you go back and look, maybe we can put it in the show notes. The 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 video for same song has a lot of clips from that. Yes, the movie. Tupac steals the show in that song, obviously. But (laughs) it's funny. I didn't realize how much of that verse I still remembered when it came on. I was rapping. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, I still remember that. Same song, can't get real. Yeah, yeah, you're like nodding your head to it. And I knew I knew some of those lyrics too. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, that was cool. And I know Tupac was appreciative of Shock G and Digital Underground for really giving him a spotlight and giving him his start. And it was Interscope Records that came to him mm-hmm. and um, gave him his first deal. Yep. Still down with the underground when he comes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember having that cassette. Sex Packets was the name of it. And it had <laughs> yes. Do What You Like and Humpty Dance. So and great. It's amazing. Shock G's voice, you know, he had that unique, almost like a nasally type voice and mm-hmm. so creative. He was a mastermind of the whole Humpty Hump character and yeah. the videos. And he used to go back and forth with himself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought it was two different people. Yeah. He had me fooled for years. And I think that yeah, was Yeah, I had to trick. like look it up. Like, is this one person or how many people is this? Yeah. Because Shock G used to appear on other groups and other songs mm-hmm. too. And I was like, wait, is that Shock G? Or is, you know. Yeah. Is that the Humpty Hump character? Yeah, underrated genius. Yeah. <laughs> And they kept flash forwarding to the 1995 trial that Tupac was on. And they were asking about the music. And he's like, oh, this is 
what the kind of music is digital underground? That's party music, party music. And they kept showing the parties and stuff. I mean, and then there was asking, what does gangster rap mean? And he was talking about the definition of that. So that's a lot of foreshadowing of what's going to come up with that big trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was also fascinating stuff. He's like smiling at the camera. Like, <laughs> and before you answer some of the questions, like, yeah, he, he, you gotta love the camera, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thousand watt smile. <laughs> That's right. He had the same charisma and leadership qualities as his mother. He was always campaigning and always about the critical mass. That was one of the quotes that I took away from this as well. He would gain followers without even trying. I really like what his first manager, Layla, said once in this episode was that everything he wrote was a roadmap to a condition. That wow, that is really deep. It's true. It's wonderfully stated. Definitely. We're all in agreement. This was great. And we can't wait to unwrap the the rest of the episodes. Yes, definitely stream this. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, definitely stream it. So I think it's important because people seem to forget about Tupac. Just the younger generations, maybe, maybe not, maybe not our generation because we remember so much about Tupac. But yeah, a lot of fascinating stuff. You know, his his origin story, especially with his mother, is very fascinating. This is this is something that's like should be required viewing for for hip hop fans. Yeah, agree. Especially since, like you said, Boogie, there's not a lot of sensitivity or expressing you know, vulnerability back then. Uh, and he was doing it and his mother encouraged that. And, you know, that kind of emotional intelligence we didn't really see for a long time, or maybe we don't see it enough now still. Right. So to see it in the nineties is like, you know, it, it takes you back. It, it It's kind of shocking. Yeah. Good point there, Donna. Right. I think to the younger generation, Tupac is almost like a mythical figure. Yeah. Like the Paul Bunyan type. Yeah. Even someone like like Hank Aaron would be someone who's gone through so much, but you don't really know what. Yeah, that's that's really a really good through. analogy. Yeah, and, but even for people like you see the number. Yeah, right, exactly. But even for people like us that think they know a lot, you're gonna really learn a lot more. Yeah, about Tupac from mm-hmm. this series. I saw a Peter Rosenberger from Hot ninety seven who's like a hip hop aficionado. He has, you know, he's on the morning show. Mm-hmm. He's thought he knew everything about Tupac because he's a student of hip hop. And he's like, no way. I was blown away. He's like, you have to see this. Yeah. You will learn so much more. So when he said that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like Peter Rhodes saying that. Yeah. 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 yeah I, thought <laughs> exactly. I, knew, I thought I knew, a, I thought I knew a lot about him. I'm just sitting here like, wow. <laughs> You know, this is, like I said, it's only the first episode. It's a, you know, four more to go. How much more am I going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. know, I'm ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> yep, I want all of it. <laughs> so definitely watch us and stay tuned to the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast so we can break it down for you. Yes. Indeed.
Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs review the second episode of Dear Mama, the saga of Avini and Tupac Shakur. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, don't hate, exfoliate, self-care. That is very good advice. Yeah, Take a spa day. <laughs> I, I, do that, I do that every day. There you go. There you go. Nice. Maybe we should share skincare regimen tips next step. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie skincare regimen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time. That's brain freeze trivia time on Instagram. <laughs>